I'm Frances Robertson Ritchie. Welcome to today's episode of The Explored Life, More Than Yoga. Today I'm going to be talking to Penny Varvaridis about why strength is more important as we get older as women. And I ask her how we can start to incorporate it into our daily routines if we don't necessarily enjoy the gym. It was interesting to me how important intention is to Penny when she works with her clients. And she shares some really great tips for creating strong habits. Penny, we're live now on Facebook um, on the Happy Healthy Yoga page and um, hi, I'm really glad that you're here to talk to us today about the importance of building strength as we get older as women and um, as I was saying to you, um, I found you on Instagram and just found that your approach is so um, easy to understand, especially for someone who um, it's not necessarily natural to sort of follow this idea of strength training. You know, there's sort of a stereotypical idea of of what that looks like, isn't there? Absolutely. And I think we often have this idea of what strength training is as essentially bodybuilding. And that's most people's picture of of strength training. But that's just a really small part. And that's one specific sport you know it's like thinking about running but only ever thinking about 100 meter olympic sprinters you're like thinking about a very specific thing which can be a bit off-putting like if you take 40 minutes to run 5k watching someone run 5k in 13 minutes you're like oh well that's not something for me but it is it's just a different thing you know yeah and strength training is so important for everyone um so thank you I'm glad that it comes across in a way that seems helpful um I try really hard to be informative and also not confusing there are so many things yeah yeah the fitness industry is full of varying opinions and lots of people who think their opinion is more important than the science so trying to navigate that can be a challenge for a lot of people who don't really know like unless fitness is your life you're not going to know so trying to talk to those people is often my task yes yeah I totally get that because I don't know about you but I I spend a lot of time geeking out over this kind of stuff but you do there's a lot to get through isn't there there's a lot to sift through and sift through what seems to be um, you know, scientifically proven and then what isn't. And I think for the for someone who, yeah, who just wants to stay healthy, maybe, you know, spending um, half an hour every day thinking, okay, what am I going to do half an hour, an hour? How do I spend that to, to really, you know, do the best thing that I can for my body, look after it? It's hard to know, isn't it? There's so much conflicting information out there. So why do you think that strength, is strength training is so important for us like how is it beneficial especially as we get older in so many ways our bodies will 
be as strong as we need them to be to do the tasks that we're asking it to do. So if we don't ask it to do very many tasks, it will abandon the muscle because it costs too much energy to sustain it. So then as we get older, we're abandoning this muscle at a much faster rate. This is called sarcopenia. So our muscles are essentially deteriorating as we get older. So then our bones are also deteriorating, particularly once we hit menopause. So I think it's 3% a year bone deterioration if you're not taking King HRT and then 1% a year if you are taking HRT. So that's quite a lot. But our bones, our bones and our muscles have already started deteriorating from the age of 30, unless you're resistance training already. So then say you're not resistance training and now you're 60. That's 30 years of deterioration. That means if you fall, you are more likely to break a bone than had you done exercise for those 30 years and then fall. So not only are you more likely to break a bone, but you're also more likely to fall in the first place. Because if you were doing some kind of resistance training and also some kind of proprioception training, which is really important as we get older. And it's something that most people forget, particularly if when they are doing exercise, they're just doing like machine, 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 because there's no balance. There's no control. There's no awareness of what is around you. And that's deteriorating too, particularly from like menopause onwards. But again, really from the age of 30, like it's kind of downhill for humans. From the age of 30. <laughs> cheery, cheery thought there. <laughs> Only if you're not intentionally looking after yourself. So there's um, this really interesting study where they took a 70 year old man who was not doing any exercise, a 70-year-old man who was a cyclist, and then a 30-year-old man who was a cyclist, and they did MRI scans of their quads and their thighs. And you could see on the scans that the difference between the 30-year-old cyclist and the 70-year-old cyclist was minimal. But the difference between them and the 70-year-old who didn't do anything was huge. Like, there was hardly any muscle. It was all fat. And... The 70-year-old who was cycling wasn't cycling loads. He was cycling, I think it was once a week or twice a week. So it doesn't take much to maintain muscle. But if we don't do something to make sure that we do, then the chances of us breaking a bone is really high. Yeah, it's like use it or lose it, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. Sorry, Sorry, I have something in my eye. Don't mind me. (laughs) Don't worry. This is why it's so important. And I think often, particularly with women, women in general, and then especially women who are older, we've kind of always been told that firstly, exercise isn't for us. And secondly, like lifting weights isn't for us. So then you are at this disadvantage before you've even realized that that's what's happening. So it's really easy for you to go your whole life and not lift any weights. And maybe you just run or you do yoga. And those things are great, but they're not enough. Particularly with um, certain types of yoga, if you're only ever stretching, which is what we were talking about before we started, Um, especially as a lot of women who are hypermobile will go to yoga because you're like instead of good at it, right? You can They're so good at it. (laughs) Really satisfying. But the problem is if you're flexible but you're not strong, you're actually just increasing the chance of you getting injured. So if you're doing all of the stretching, you're often pulling on the tendons because the tendons are already bendy. So they're like, oh, I'll do it. 
And then if you're not strengthening the muscles to control the joint, that'll be where things like dislocated knees happen, like tendinopathy, like shoulders popping out, wrist problems. And people will still forego strength training all of the time and be like, oh, well, I'm in pain, so I shouldn't do anything. So then that's resting. But if you do resting, then you actually get weaker, not stronger, because you're not giving your muscles anything to focus on. So it's really important that, yes, yoga is great, but with strength training, and yes, running is great, but with strength training, and yes, strength training is great, but also with cardio, because you have to look after your heart and your lungs. And this might seem a bit overwhelming, because there are so many things. (laughs) But there's a way to fit all of the things in where it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Like you could just do 30 minutes a day of something and then over the week you have done all of the things and then do that forever and you have the happiest body that you could have had. Yeah. And when you say cardio, I mean, I'm just um, at the moment getting really into into walking, but, you know, like I'm just sort of learning about how um, powerful walking can be and actually – walking can be as good for the body as running um so you know if you're walking briskly and and doing it for a significant amount of time um so it doesn't have to be really high impact stuff necessarily does it um and and just i think it would be really useful to specify because even i'm a bit like when you talk about resistance i'm like what does that mean <laughs> obviously I know what it means in in sort of terms of like my sphere but um what what could we add in on top of yoga so say we're doing yoga already regularly um and and you're walking or you're running what what then would we add in do you think Penny sure so resistance training just means training against resistance and the foundation level of that is the resistance of your own body so you, there are lots of things that you can do without equipment to start strengthening your muscles and your bones as well. So particularly important on the bone side is that to protect your bones, especially if you are someone who is prone to arthritis or osteoporosis, which I mean, most women are likely to end up with osteoporosis at some point. Thanks. Hormones. Yeah. <laughs> So like you have to do load bearing exercises. So that could be like lifting weights or carrying your shopping up and down the stairs or doing some lunges or some squats or some push-ups. The really the only stuff that you have to think about more carefully is back stuff. Because without any equipment, unless you've got like a pull-up bar or a set of rings, which is equipment, so that bypasses part A of that sentence. kind of impossible for you to train your back so you can do a bit of your back by doing like some lying down arm things where you're lifting your arms off the floor like hovers and IYTWs and stuff um if you don't know what those are they're like shapes that you make with your arms you can have a look at my Instagram different <laughs> videos it'll be far too hard for me to explain verbally um without you being able to see also what I'm saying so you can go and have a look um or google it it's fine Anyway, so those are kind of the only things that you can do. Or you can do some things with a towel where you stand on the towel and you pull it as hard as you can as though you're trying to tear the towel in half. And then that will allow you to train your 
back as well but otherwise you want to be doing things like rows and pull-ups whereas training the front of your body is much easier without any equipment because you can do things like push-ups and planks and any sort of pushing kind of activity in various directions so in terms of how that could then relate into your yoga practice it would be things like um normal push-ups really narrow push-ups push-ups from like a downward dog position or moving from a plank into a downward dog and then back into a plank and then maybe into a push-up and back into a downward dog so you're working through the same shapes that you make in yoga but making it more hard yeah so then things things like that would be really helpful and then on the lower body side of things again without any equipment it can be quite challenging but if you're a beginner doing body weight squats or lunges or step-ups will still be really beneficial even just walking up and down your stairs so if you've never really done any resistance training before you walking up and down the stairs is totally going to help and you can pick up a backpack and walk up and down the stairs with a backpack or fill a duffel bag with some books or some water and then carry that up and down the stairs and I can guarantee you if you fill a duffel bag with water and walk up and down the stairs that's gonna be really hard (laughs) (laughs) and then you progress from that so often I would recommend if you don't want to go to a gym buying yourself a set of resistance bands the long the long thick ones and if you buy a set you get four or five depending on where you buy them from in different intensities so then that'll allow you to do loads of other things and you can essentially make all of the shapes that you would make with dumbbells but with the bands a bit more but once you've figured it out it's fine and also maybe a set of kettlebells because then with those things you can do most of the things and maybe a pull-up bar then you can do most of the things in your house yeah three would be it's totally worth going to the gym because that's where all of the heavy things are and Lifting heavy things is really satisfying. I work with a few ladies in their 50s and they are really unsure that they'll be able to do something like deadlift. They're like, oh, but what about my back? And then you build up to it and then they're deadlifting their body weight. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is incredible. I'm like a superhuman. (laughs) Amazing. And things like this are really important because the stronger your back is and the stronger your core is and the stronger your hips are the stronger your legs are the more likely you are to be able to get up off the floor by yourself or walk to the supermarket and around the supermarket by yourself and like put things on the top shelf by yourself all of these things that you have to do every day that at some point we start asking other people to do for us like I remember when my dad started asking me to help him get out of the chair you know yeah I don't want someone to ha- I don't want someone to have to help me stand up when I'm 50. And maybe that'll still happen, but if there's something that I can do that will allow me to be more independent for more of my life, then surely that's worth putting 30 minutes of effort in every day. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Someone um someone that I follow posted this question the other day that was like um why um why why do you follow your fitness routine that you do what why do you do it and I was like um because I'm taking care of my future self and you know that's it like I've kind of over the last few years just got to grips with the fact that I am getting older and that is going to happen and especially seeing like you say parents start to get older and and um 
and see the effects of aging on the body. And you think, yeah, like you say, anything that you can do now and you can start at any point, can't you? I mean, you can start at any point. You can be starting to do things and working gently to to sort of care for yourself and care for your body and your future self, you know, so giving yourself that support. I actually really love the idea of what you were saying at the very beginning kind of made me think of some more and more. I'm like the yoga that I teach. I feel like it's yoga for self-care. It's like not we're not trying to do anything fancy we're just looking after ourselves you know it's yoga for self-care and then what you were saying the strength you can do strength training strength for self-care it's just self-care isn't it it's just looking after yourself it doesn't have to be like you say it doesn't have to be bodybuilding it doesn't have to look a certain way and I wonder if that kind of makes it feel a bit more manageable a bit more manageable for people you know to to actually then incorporate it into a, a regular routine yeah, and if like you have to start small sometimes. Like if something feels really overwhelming, then it's too big. Make it smaller. If going to the gym and training for an hour feels like too much, why don't you just go to the gym and just stand there for five minutes and then come home and just do that every day or three times a week? And at some point you can make it ten minutes and maybe in those ten minutes you can do one exercise. Yeah. And then you allow yourself to build up slowly the same thing you could do at home right maybe if training for 30 minutes every day feels like too much why don't you train for one minute why don't you spend one minute every day practicing some push-ups and then you can make it two minutes and then three minutes and then slowly slowly over time it becomes 30 minutes and you're able to do all of these things but often we stop ourselves from doing things by talking ourselves out of it because we make it too hard we have these big grand plans and this is often what happens with people who start something and then stop and then start and then stop and then they feel like they're never getting anywhere even though they also feel like they're always working really hard because you'll change all of the things really dramatically and take up all of these new things and cut out all of these old things and it's too much it's too yeah. much. humans are creatures of habit we have spent 30, 40, 50 years doing stuff in a particular way. We can't expect ourselves to change the way we do things overnight, but we do. We expect ourselves to be able to do that. And it's absurd because yeah. that's how brains work. When we are born, our brains are like these blank slates and there is infinite possibilities of all of the pathways to do all of the things. And if you start playing an instrument, the pathways for music get stronger. And if you never wrote anything because you were busy playing music, all of the pathways for writing, they disappear. Once we're older and we're trying to build these writing pathways, it's hard because they're not there. And we're like, oh, how do I do this? thing? What is this step, et cetera. That's the same when you're learning anything. So if you are trying to learn how to squat, for instance, but you've never squatted before, it's a process. You have to slowly, slowly draw this line. And every time you do it, you're reinforcing it so that at some point it can become an automatic pattern. And finding ways to trigger yourself into doing the things that you're trying to do is really helpful. So if you're trying to do a new habit that involves, I don't know, going for a walk every day, then maybe when you come downstairs, you like put something somewhere so you know that you have to do it. So maybe you put your trainers by the door or maybe you put your trainers somewhere where you will trip over them if you do not put them on. Like make it as easy and as obvious as possible because humans are built to take the easy route. This is like evolutionary. And this is why we have things like remote controls and cars, because humans just want to make things 
easier, which means if the easier choice is you ordering takeout and not cooking food, that is what you're going to do. So how do you make that easier? Well, you find ways of cooking nutritious food that only takes you five or 10 minutes. So actually you get to eat faster if you just make it yourself or you always buy lunch because you can't be bothered to meal prep. Okay. What can you do with a microwave at work where meal prep is one minute in the morning and then you just heat it up when you get there. If you can find ways of making things easy, you are much more likely to succeed in anything, whatever you're doing. Yeah, that's so true. And um, it's funny you say that because um, I'm just doing a challenge this week, a daily yoga challenge where, um, and I thought I'm just going to do 10 minutes every day, just get everyone to get get on the mat well not even on the mat you can do it anywhere 10 minutes every day and I was thinking um maybe that's too short but actually I did the first one this morning it's really it was great and um I felt really energized after doing it and it's about these manageable chunks isn't it because like you say if you try and put this intention to do oh yeah I'm going to do an hour of yoga every day and it's going to be brilliant and you're just letting yourself down you know you're going to feel bad because you don't achieve it and it's impossible to achieve that because you probably haven't got a time you know to put in your schedule everyone's so busy so I think like you say if you start small small manageable chunks and then you get that feel good that you've done it don't you it's yeah. just like yeah and every time you do something that you say that you'll do, you're more likely to do it again. And the inverse, every time you don't do something that you say you will do, you are more likely to not do it again. So if the thing is going for a run or going to the gym and you're like, OK, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week and train all of these different things. Here is my big elaborate plan. Day one, you don't go. Day two. Oh, I'll go. I'll go. Yeah. I already didn't go. So then you don't go. And then the whole week's gone and you're like, oh, oops. Whereas if you can make it something that you can definitely do. So I'm going to go to the gym three times this week and do these five different things across the three times. That is much more plausible. And every time you do it, your self-efficacy grows. Yeah. And another way to build this self-efficacy, which I really like, is to give yourself these small daily promises. So in the evening, I really recommend journaling and then writing down what you're going to do tomorrow. Really realistic things like this is my promise to myself. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then the next day be like, did I do X, Y, and Z? Yes, I did. I'm fantastic. Look at me doing all of my things. Taking stuff off just makes you feel so good, doesn't it? Exactly. And like... Sometimes if you're really struggling, add stuff that's really easy that you know 100% you're going to do. Like sometimes if I am feeling completely unmotivated, I will add something like eat <laughs> to my list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, I have to make some food. Oh, look, I'm eating. This is a productive use of my time. This was on my list. Well done. <laughs> Things like that are really powerful. I know it sounds a bit naff, but... Not it, at all. No, it is powerful and I agree 100%. Yeah. It makes such a difference. Um, I I work with people a lot to try and enforce and develop habits that will serve you. And part of being able to do that is knowing what your reason is. Because if you don't know why you're doing something, it is much harder for you to do it. But if you understand what you're actually getting out of it 
and whether or not this thing is leading you to your place, like what your intention is, it becomes much easier for you to do the thing that you said that you were going to do because you check in with yourself. And this works with training and it works with nutrition and it works with your life generally. Like, are you doing things that serve you, that serve your values? If the answer is no, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're not having these conversations with yourself, 20 years go by, you're still doing these things that you hate doing that you don't even know why you're doing. You just keep saying yes to. And then you're like, oh, well, that was my life. What do I do now? Yeah, it's like I was thinking about this the other day because I work a lot with intention um, with my clients and, um, and in my groups. And if you aren't intentional about what you do, you're just running on um, subconscious patterns, aren't you? And those might not necessarily come from any kind of good place. You know, <laughs> they might just, they're just habits like that have just formed for no particular reason or intention. And like you say, years can go by just floating along in this um, sort of unconscious state of being. But as soon as you start getting intentional, um, you can really make change in the direction that you want to go. And um, someone was saying, talking about it in terms of having your North Star, like just know what your North Star is, you know? Like, have you heard that? <laughs> I don't know if it's like flying around all over the place at the moment, but I thought that really kind of, like I could really picture that, like you've got this thing up there and it's sort of in the distance, but you know where you're going, you know, and then you can always come back to that with every decision that you make. Yeah, it. It's always worth checking in with yourself and asking yourself these questions because we will instinctively and automatically do all sorts of things. But if if something we want to change is one of these automatic things, it will be impossible to change it if you cannot be intentional around that choice. So you have to sometimes ask yourself the question, like, what is my intention? But also you have to set up your environment so that the automatic thing is easy to be something else. And doing that will make a really big difference. So like a really easy example of that would be if you have supplements that you want to take, but you're forgetting all of the time, put the supplements next to the kettle because every day you're going to wake up and make a coffee because that's that's already there. That's in your automatic pattern. There's no questions. That's just how it goes. And if that's not your morning, then pick something else. But yeah. For most people, that's your morning. So then you you make your coffee, you see your supplements or your medication or whatever. You take it, you carry on with your day. If they're in the drawer and you don't see them, you don't think about them, you forget. Yeah. The more things you can do that with makes a massive difference. Because if you think about like, when you come home, if you always put your keys in the exact same place and then one day they are not there and then you spend ages looking for them, our brains will do things automatically without us even noticing. And they have to because otherwise we'd never get anything done. Like once upon a time we had to think about how to walk and we had to think about which muscles had to step to get us going and to hold us up. And if we still had to do that, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do anything else yeah. like really consuming you know but now we can walk and also talk and also listen to something and also navigate and the autumn automaticity automatic, automatic. <laughs> automation 
Ooh, sure. That wasn't yeah. before, but fine. I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, so this like automaticness of yeah. our minds is really, really important. So like it's not it's not a bad thing. It's just not always helpful in what it is that we want to achieve. So we have to learn how to make it work for us. And this takes practice and it takes intention, which is why I try and make people be intentional in everything that they do. Because if you can be intentional, it becomes much easier to change the routine. But it also allows you to change your baseline so that if, when, I don't know, when you're really stressed, maybe you eat a jar of Nutella and that's (laughs) normally what happens. But if you can spend the time when you feel good moving the baseline, then maybe you get really stressed and instead of eating a jar of Nutella, you just have some Nutella on toast and it still makes you feel better, but also it wasn't the whole jar and you don't feel sick and you also don't feel bad (laughs) about it. So like moving the baseline, maybe you drink 10 beers when you get really stressed and it's a terrible time. You move the baseline, maybe now you just have one beer when you feel a bit stressed. It means that even... Like if you can change your intention with stuff and you can move the baseline, it means that even when you're not feeling very good and making decisions is harder, you're still making better decisions than when you were making them before. And I think that's really important. And this is how like progress happens, I guess. You just keep stepping this way, upwards, in like a little staggered approach rather than all or nothing, which I think stops us all from doing all sorts of things. It comes back to that idea of gradual process. It's an it's a gradual process. It doesn't have to happen immediately. And I think I, I use that, I say about talk about that all the time. And I talk about it in relation to relaxation because I feel like people think to themselves, oh, I can't and also meditation, I can't do it because they've tried it a couple of times and it's not felt good or right or, or whatever. And in the same way as what you just explained with habits, it's just a gradual process. Things become easier the long, you know, the more that you do them, the more that you practice. Practice is a thing, isn't it? You know, we're not good at everything straight away. And some things, it's not even about being good at it. It's just about allowing it to just doing it, do the practice for the sake of the practice. But um, I'm just going to start to wrap us up a little bit now. Um, I could literally talk to you for ages longer, but I've got to take my daughter, pick my, one pick one daughter up from school and take the other one somewhere. So um, you've already given us such great tips. I'm going to just get you to talk about the program that you run, which is called Strong Habits, right? Yes. Um, so the program is online. There are two versions. So the group version is uh, a program that I've written. I've adjusted it. So there's now a home version and uh, a gym version because I did it for lockdown. So people could still train at home if they wanted to. And I provide people with a training plan that they can do either at home or in the gym and then also nutritional coaching so then helping people with the nutrition side of things and often the nutrition side of things is actually more mindset side of things so helping with that as well so then each week we have a chat and help you working towards your goals the program generally helps people get into a rhythm with themselves and focus on what it is that they want to get out of their training and what it is they want to get out of their bodies And then finding ways to build habits 
into their existing routine so that it's something that they can do forever. That so like it's it's not like a six week shred or something. This mm-hmm. is you will stay with me for however long you stay with me, and then when you leave, you will be good to carry on doing these things. You will have learned all of the things. I give all of my clients an opportunity to ask me questions in the weekly check-in, which I answer on my podcast, the Strong Habits podcast. Um, and it's it's great. So if I don't know the answer, I can go look it up and then I get to learn something too. And that's really nice. So you get proper in-depth answers to all of the things and a little deep dive into the science where appropriate so that you understand why because I think it's really important and it ties in with the intentionality like if you don't know why you're doing something doing it well is going to be really hard and doing it for a long time even harder like anyone can spend four weeks doing loads and loads of exercise and eating a very specific diet but what use is that in real life unless your only goal was to see what you look like after four weeks of doing that fine if that's what you want to do but that you haven't learned anything for like the rest of your existence so the purpose of the program is to help guide people into developing these strong habits and they might be different for different people depending on what it is that their goals are and intertwined with all of this is a daily mobility practice because moving your body is really important and understanding how your body moves is also really important and it's it's hard to build strength well if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't understand which muscles are supposed to do what and like how to control your shoulder blades and how to control your hips which are things that most people seem to not know how to do and it just takes a minute you know so there's there's part of that in it every day which I'm sure you see as a yoga instructor all of the time like it's a real process learning how to use your shoulder blades because everyone's like oh they move in other directions how do I yeah totally yeah we did shoulders this morning yeah absolutely it's about awareness of your body and like coming back to that idea of proprioception which is something that we have to sort of relearn generally don't we I mean if you're just um you know before I was a yoga teacher when I worked in an office I didn't know where my shoulder blades were I didn't know what you know I didn't know what was going on in my body half the time just up here you know up in my brain it's god knows what doing what (laughs) I think this is really common because as most adults don't really have much of a sense of their bodies because nobody's really done any sort of sport or exercise since they're at school and most people hated exercise at school so then you're learning the whole thing from the beginning but it's it's so important so with the program I try and combine all of the things so you're learning to be intentional with yourself with your nutrition with your training and with your mobility so that you understand what you need to do to do what you want to do so then you don't have to rely on me to tell you what to do you know like you can go into the gym and you know what it is you need to do to get the results that you want to get and that's my goal to help everyone know what to do for themselves yeah it sounds it sounds really awesome it sounds empowering and that's what is really I think what's really useful for people isn't it it's like you say to be able to then go off and do stuff on their own because um that's the really when you're giving people tools rather than than needing you there all the time I think that's when it becomes really really useful stuff thank you so much Penny I'm gonna get get all the details from you about that and any links and I'll drop them in the comments to this um 
in Facebook and in the podcast. So thank you for joining me today. No problem at all. Um, So I'm going to sign off for now and say goodbye. And um, so thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget that you can subscribe to listen to more episodes. You can leave a review if you've enjoyed today's episode and you can share with your friends. And I'd really appreciate that. Look forward to seeing you next week. And if you need a few moments out for yourself, I've left a free guided relaxation recording in the notes for this podcast. Take care, guys. See you next time.